Hey, welcome to all of you that are out there watching. You might be here in Modesto, somewhere in Stanislaus County, maybe in our state, our nation. It could be that you are somewhere um, outside of our country. We have a lot of people who watch from, from all over, and we're glad that, uh, that you're with us. Uh, I want to wish you all a happy new year. Um, I want to welcome our series campus. You guys are with us this very first weekend of the, the new year, and I'm grateful for that. I do want to give you just an offering update, kind of where we're at in our budget. All month, uh, the month of December, we kind of challenged all of you. We encourage all of you to go home and pray. If you're single, if you're married, get together with your spouse, your kids, and uh, Maybe, maybe do something crazy, give to a higher level. We had fallen quite a bit behind in our budget. And I just want you to know, uh, once again, the people of Big Valley Grace, incredibly generous. We had a fantastic Christmas. We got way, way caught up. We're just a little bit behind. Uh, over $90,000 came in in our special Christmas uh, offering that we take that goes to local uh, churches, local ministries here in Modesto. And so I just want to say thank you very much. I also want to say it's the first weekend of the year, and let, let's stay strong. Let's continue to make sure that this uh, great church has all of the resources it needs to continue to fulfill the mission that God has given us. And what that takes is us all to continue to be um, uh, generous also want to just, uh, before I get into this thing, I, maybe I'm talking from a personal standpoint, but um, 2020 for me personally was a great year, and uh, it was a difficult year, no doubt about it, but I can look back as a church family and as a, just me personally, man, what a great year it was. There were lots of people who came to faith in Christ right here at Big Valley Grace. Even during this pandemic, we had a lot of people who, who gave their life, surrendered their life over to Jesus. And a lot of those people did it, you know, online like this, while the gospel was going out from this pulpit, from this, from this stage. There were lots of people who were baptized in 2020. And, and even though we, for a long time, didn't have any services in here, the building was empty, so to speak, uh, God was doing great things. We prayed for lots of people. I can personally tell you, I've never worked so hard as I have this year because we just all had to change some methodologies and uh, all of that. But I'll tell you, 2020 was a great year. And here we are, the first weekend of uh, 2021. And I'll tell you right now, it's going to take a lot for 2021 to be as great as 2020, in my opinion, because so many great things happened. God did some amazing things in the midst of this pandemic that, uh, man, I, I, I could only hope that the same kinds of things would happen in this, this new year. But I am glad that you are with us. I uh, want you to know how special the online, uh, you know, gathering is to us. There's nobody in this building right now. Nobody. We film this live just for you. 
So all of these musicians get down here early and they were singing all these songs basically to me. I'm walking around in here, I'm it. Right now I'm, I'm speaking to basically an empty room. Everything we do right now live is simply because we care about you. Whether you're in an apartment, you're in a house, you're in a motorhome, you're sitting in your car looking at your smartphone. We don't care where you're at right now. We just know you're a part of our family here at Big Valley Grace and we care deeply about you. And so this is why um, I just want you to know we, we do this for you because we care so deeply about those of you that are watching online. Uh, so with all that said, okay, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Philippians uh, the book of Philippians, okay? We are wrapping up a series where we're going through the book of Philippians, and we've called it Joy in the Faith. And uh, we've been looking at little vignettes through this book. And for those of you that might be joining us for the very first time, Philippians was written by a guy by the name of Paul, and he's in a prison in Rome, and he writes to a church in a town called Philippi which the people that lived in Philippi were called the Philippians. And so we've kind of walked through this book together, and it's been really fantastic. And the whole thought was, we just wanted you, our church family, as we end this year, went through the Christmas season and all that, that we would all experience more joy in the faith in our walk with, with Jesus. But today it's coming to an end, and next week, Lord willing, Pastor Joel's gonna kick off a brand new series here, right? We're gonna go through the book of Beatitudes. So, Philippians chapter two says this, and to me, it's the, um, it's the key verse of the entire uh, book of Philippians, okay? Paul says this, and he's writing it to these Christians in Philippi, but he's also writing it to you. So Paul is saying this to you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Man, this man is in prison. And uh, prisons back then, was, it was probably a hole in the ground. Maybe. And I'm sure that there were moments when he would go out at night and he would look up at all the stars and he thought to himself, that's what we're to be as believers. We're, 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 we're to be these shining bright lights in this dark world. That is what God wants us all to be. This world is dark, this world is crummy, this world is perverse, and it seems like every day it gets more dark, it gets more per perverse, it gets more crummy, and here we have God through the pen of the Apostle Paul saying, hey, live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shine like bright lights in a world that's obviously crooked and perverse. Paul basically said the same thing in Ephesians chapter five. He said this, for you were once full of darkness, 
but now you have the light from the Lord, so live as people of light. Kind of the same thought there, that the great apostle Paul is telling you and I, hey, listen, live incredible lives in this dark world. Live as, as light. You used to be dark, but now you have the light. Listen to what Jesus himself said in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Wow, isn't that interesting? You see, before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I walked in darkness. And in the Bible, darkness always meant, you know, sin, and it was, a, it was a symbol of evil, it was a symbol of ignorance, and the Bible says that there was a time in my life I used to walk in evil or sin or ignorance, and so did you. We, we, we lived in darkness, but there came a moment when I surrendered my life over to Jesus Christ, the light. There came a moment when you surrendered your life over to Jesus Christ, the light. And the Bible says at that very moment, he came into your life. You became the temple of the Holy Spirit. You became the place that the Holy Spirit lives. In other words, light came into you who were full of darkness. And so you now have the light in you. No wonder Paul says, live like bright lights. No wonder Paul tells us, that we were full of darkness, but now you have the light of the Lord, so live as people of light. Here's my point in all of this, okay? And I wrote it down for you. Jesus was the light, not merely a light or another light among many lights. Jesus is the only true light. And when you give your life over to him, he comes into the darkness of your life, the sin of your life, and he gives you his light, which is why Paul encourages us to shine brightly for God. I think, to me, as I said, Philippians 2.15 is the key passage in the whole deal. And let me just tell you this. When you shine brightly for God, wow, you wanna talk about joy? You'll experience joy at a level you've never experienced it when you truly allow Jesus to shine through you. So, here's the deal. Today, we're gonna deal, this last message here is gonna deal with maybe one of the greatest things that'll snuff out the light. We're gonna deal with something that will just goof up the light that is within you. And, um, and that is stress, anxiety, um, worry. Nothing will snuff out the light of Christ in your life like anxiety or stress or worry or whatever. And so the good news is, is that God's going to give us some really good information right, right now. Okay, so look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, okay? This will be our last 
section of Philippians that we'll look at in this series. Paul says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Always. I say it again, rejoice. I say it again, just be full of the joy of the Lord. God wants you to have joy in the faith. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening in your family, no matter what's happening in your career or your business, remember, God's coming really soon. He goes on to say, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. The Bible passage goes on and says this. His peace exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely. What is admirable? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And if you do that, the scripture says, don't worry about anything. Well, the, actually, I want you to look at your Bibles, okay? You're looking at your Bibles, okay? We just didn't put it up on the screen. He says, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then it says, keep putting into practice all you've learned. You see that in your Bible? Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. I wanna make sure we got that all in there. I, I, I messed up when I sent them all the stuff. So I want you to see that in, in your Bible. I want you to see what the Word of God says, okay? Now, with all that, I want you to look at verse 6 again. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. That's a command from God. Don't worry about anything. That might be the hardest command for us to keep in all of the scripture. I mean, this book is full of commands from God, things that God wants us to do. And here we have our Lord saying, I don't want you to worry about anything. In fact, I want us all to say that out loud together, okay, in your home or wherever you're at. Don't worry about anything. I want you to say it again out loud. Don't worry about anything. One more time. Don't worry about anything. Let me tell you a couple of reasons why God doesn't want you to worry about things. Number one, it's unhelpful. It's unhelpful because it never accomplishes anything. It's like having your car in neutral. You ever done this where you put your car in neutral and then you just step on the gas? 
It makes a lot of noise and a lot of smoke and the engine's really doing stuff. It's loud, right? But nothing's happening. That's, that's kind of the picture here. That's what worry is. Worry never solves anything. All it does is make you miserable. That's why God says, don't worry about anything, okay? But it's not only unhelpful, it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable because all it does is exaggerate whatever the problem is. Worry tends to make a mountain out of a molehill, if you, were, if you will. In other words, the more you worry, the bigger the problem gets, and the more you worry, it just gets bigger, and then you worry some more, and the problem just gets bigger. That's why God says, don't worry about anything. And number three, and this is the big one, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy because originally, your body wasn't made to worry about anything. When God created Adam, when God created Eve, they were created in such a way that they would not worry because God was going to take care of all their needs and there wouldn't be anything for them to worry about. They weren't going to be anxious about anything. They weren't going to be stressed about anything. But when Adam blew it in Genesis chapter 3, it goofed everything up. And so now, guess what? These bodies of ours that were never supposed to worry, they weren't designed to worry. They weren't designed for stress. They weren't designed for anxiety. Now, guess what? We do worry. And how I can prove to you these bodies weren't designed for it is when you do worry, when you do get stressed out, what do you do? You get headaches, your shoulders tighten up, you start buying a bunch of Tums and Rolaids. Our bodies can't handle worry and stress and anxiety because they weren't supposed to. And so here we have our God saying, hey, look, I don't want you to worry. And the reason why is you can't handle it. So, what, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? Well, there's good news. Because we all had to learn how to worry, some of us are, are experts in it, that means it could be unlearned. God wouldn't tell us not to worry if it was impossible for us not to worry. He wouldn't tell us to do it. But I want you to know it's gonna take some effort. And I'm going to give you just a couple things, okay? So what do you do if you're all stressed out and you're worried about whatever it might be? What's the antidote for, for worry? Let me give you four steps. We're going to hustle through these, okay? They're going to sound familiar because I talk about them all the time. The first one is this. you got to really believe that God will take care of you. That's the first step. You mess this step up and... I, you're just, you're just going to worry about all kinds of things. You're going to be anxious about all kinds. You're going to be stressed out about all kinds of things. The first step is, is you've got to really believe that God will take care of you. You really got to believe. You got to put your faith and your trust in the fact that God is going to take care of you. In Psalms chapter 23, King David wrote this. The Lord is my shepherd, and because the Lord is my shepherd, I got nothing to worry about. I'm not going to be in want. 
Beloved, this is where it begins. It begins with this idea, this thought that you really have to believe that God's gonna take care of you, that he really will take care of you. Because if you don't get that one, this first step right, let me know so I can go buy some stock and Rolaids or Tums or whatever. Because you're, you're, you're just, you're never gonna be able to fulfill that command from God not to worry. Okay, so it all begins right here. King David said, the Lord is my shepherd. So I, I got nothing to worry about. How could he be so sure? How could this guy be so sure that he didn't have anything to worry about? that he wouldn't be in want. Well, let me tell you why. Because he used to be a shepherd. There was a moment in his life before he became the king of Israel when, shepherd was, when David was just a young shepherd. And he would you know, have a bunch of sheep or you know, goats and, and, and he was a shepherd. So let me tell you what a shepherd does. Let me tell you what he used to do before he became the king of Israel who ends up right in Psalms 23, okay? A shepherd provides. That's what a shepherd does. They provide food and shelter and the basic necessities for the sheep. That's what he did. When he was a young guy, before he became the king of Israel, he would make sure that all of his sheep were taken care of. The sheep never had to worry about whether they were gonna have food. The sheep never worried or got anxious about if they were gonna have shelter because the shepherd took care of it. David took care of it. Number two, shepherds protect. They defend the sheep against enemies like lions or bears or foxes or whatever. And so David used to do that. He'd make sure that, that they were, you know, had everything they needed. He provided everything, but he also had a rod and a staff. And man, if a bear showed up or a lion showed up, guess what? The sheep didn't have to worry about it because they knew the shepherd was there. Number three, the shepherd's guide. They lead the sheep when they're confused and they don't know which way to go. David used to do this. He was their shepherd, and so he would provide for them, he'd protect them, but he would also guide them. They, they, they may not know where to go. They didn't know if we, they were supposed to go left into a valley or go right through a crevasse. They, they would get confused at times, and here David was as the shepherd to guide them. And then last but not least, shepherds correct. They correct any problems that might come along. And so here was this young boy who was a shepherd. He knew what shepherds did. And so now as an adult, as the king of Israel, he writes those famous words in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He knew. I, I, I don't have anything to worry about. I don't have anything to be anxious about. I don't need to stress about a thing just like the sheep that I used to shepherd, never had to worry about a thing. Let me tell you, you really gotta bore down on this. God says, I'll provide for you, I'll protect you, I'll guide you. God says, I'll correct the problems in your life. All you have to do is let me be your shepherd. 
really believe that I'll take care of you. Now God gets even more specific in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, where it says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches, right? We talked a lot about that last week. Okay, God doesn't say that he'll meet all of your wants. There's a difference between your wants and your needs, but, but God says, I'll take care of you if you really believe. So let me ask you a question. If God promises to provide all your needs, if God promises to protect you, if God promises to guide you, if God promises to correct the problems in your life, what's left for you to worry about? Think about this. When I have an insurance policy on my car, and I have one on my car, I don't worry about if somebody backs into me. I don't worry about if I hit somebody. I don't worry about it. Why? I got an insurance policy. Right? But my insurance policy will take, will take care of it. I don't drive down the road all freaked out that I might hit somebody or somebody might run into me. I don't worry about it because I have an, an insurance policy. I don't worry. I know, I know that my policy will take care of whatever happens. So I don't worry about it. God says, look, I'm your insurance policy. Do you really believe that I can, you know, protect you? Do you really believe that I can guide you? Do you really believe that I can take care of you? I can meet your needs? Do you believe that? And so it all begins with believing. You have to believe. That's the first step. Step two is, is you got to talk with God, pray about everything that's happening in your life. Look at verse six and seven. Verse six says, um, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for, you know, all that he's done. So, so the first step is you got to believe. You got to really believe. And the second step is, is you got to talk to God. You gotta talk to him about all the stuff that's going on in your life. And let me tell you why a lot of people never pray, they never talk to God about the stuff going on in their life. It's because of number one, they don't really believe. If you don't really believe that God can take care of you, then why would you pray to him? Why would you talk with him? You won't. God says, pray, pray, spend some time with me. When you get all freaked out, nervous, upset, scared, whatever the word is, he says, come to me, let's talk about it. Don't go to your spouse first. Don't go to your parents first. Don't come to your pastor first. Don't go to your therapist first. Don't talk to your friends first. Those might be appropriate people to talk to, but the first thing you, want, you need to do is go to God. And really believe that he can take care of you, protect you, guide you, lead you, meet your needs, whatever all those things might be. Here's the bottom line. Worry doesn't change anything, but prayer does. Okay, I want you to write that down. Worry doesn't change anything, but prayer does. You can worry and stress and be anxious 
all you want and not one thing will change in your life. But prayer does. That'll change things. And God says, look, I want you to really believe that I can take care of you. And when something starts to go crazy in your life and you start to worry or whatever, talk to me about it. Prayer is a, a, a powerful, powerful thing. It's more powerful than any of us really know and really understand, prayer. The third step is this. You've got to <clears throat> be thankful for all that God has done for you. So remember, you gotta, it's all these steps. You've got to believe, you've got to pray, and you've got to be thankful. You gotta be thankful for all that God has done. Look at verse six and seven again. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And I've, I talk about this all the time. I've probably talked about this 100 times in my decades that I've been here. We as human beings, we as Christians, we as followers of Christ, as his children, we're really good at praying. We love to talk with God and tell God what's going on in our lives. We're probably not real good. Go, 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 go back, we, please. You're probably not real good at, at thanking him for all that he's done. That, that's where we're weak. We, we like to, you know, talk with him and tell him what's going on and ask for stuff. But God says that's a part of it. That's step two. But step three is you gotta thank him. Let me give you an example of maybe some things you ought to be grateful for. God created you. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. God put his Holy Spirit within you. God made it possible for him and you to have a relationship. God made you an heir of his. God is making you um, uh, a beautiful home in heaven, if you will. If you're married, God gave you a wife or a husband. For some of you, God gave you children or maybe even grandchildren. God gave you friends. God provided a roof over your head. God provided food for your table. God provided clothes for your body. Right in the list goes on and on and on and on. 1 Thessalonians says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. All circ you, mean, you mean, Pastor Rick, in the middle of this pandemic? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's all circumstances. God wants his people to be thankful. And part of the reason why is, is when you begin to look at a list of all the things that you had to be thankful for, you know what it does? It takes your mind off of all the things that are stressing you out. And the next thing you know, you're looking at all this, these things and you're going, wow, I got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, you do. So do I. And so step one is, is you gotta really believe. Step two is you gotta pray, you gotta talk to the Lord about things. Step three is you gotta be thankful, okay? And then last but not least, you got step four, and that is you've gotta set your mind 
on the right things. So you really believe, you talk to him about what's going on, you, you, you know, you, uh, you're thankful, and now you gotta make sure your mind on the right things. Look at, number, look at verse eight. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You gotta put your mind in the right place. Your mind is a special gift from God, right? Your mind is capable of storing trillions of thoughts. It, it can handle enormous things. And here's the cool thing. You get to choose what you put in here. Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. Fix your thoughts on what is lovely. Fix your thoughts on what is admirable. Fix your thoughts on what is excellent. Fix your thoughts on what is worthy of praise. And let me ask you, if you were to fix your thoughts on those things, those kinds of things, you think it'd make a difference in your stress level? You think it'd make a difference in your anxiety level? Of course it would. It'd make a huge difference in your life. Proverbs chapter seven says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So one of the, one of the steps is, yeah, you gotta believe in God and you gotta talk to him, you gotta be thankful, but then here's the deal. Make sure you're putting into this just the right things. Because you can, you can really believe and you can pray and talk with God and, and, and you can be thankful and then all of a sudden you can just begin to think about all these crummy things going on and guess what? You're goofed up again. And so these four steps are super important. If you really believe that God can and will take care of you and if you pray about all the things that are happening in your life, and if you're thankful for all that God has done for you, and if you set your mind on good, God-honoring things, what can you expect to happen? Well, look at verse seven. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Beloved, here's the deal. If you do these four things, I guarantee you the stress level in your life will go down. I guarantee it. If you really believe, if God really is your shepherd, when something stressful comes, you go and you talk to him about it. You begin to be thankful for all that God's doing in your life. And you begin to fill your mind with good God-honoring things, I guarantee you, not only will you experience less anxiety and stress and all that, but you really will have incredible joy in the faith. The joy level in your life will skyrocket because nothing will suck the joy out of your life like stress and all that kind of stuff. So. With that said, listen, I want to pray for you. 
And next week, we begin a brand new series. I want to make sure that you get you the, the, the booklet that we've, we've made up for everybody. It's really fantastic. I think you can get it online. If not, you need to come down to the church if you live close by and pick it up. I think one of them is 10 bucks, two of them are 15 bucks, and I'll tell you, it's a great companion. It'll go right along with our new series that begins next week, okay? Father, thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had to be together. Father, thank you for the scriptures that we've looked at through the book of Philippians. I know my own personal life has, has really been changed. I know, I know a lot of lives have been changed, but thank you for what you did in my own personal life, Lord. God, um, you're good. You're good, you're good, you're good. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us and caring about us. And I pray this in your name and all of God's people said, amen. Hey, Lord, Lord bless everybody, okay?